Welcome. This is the Life Habits Podcast Series, and my name is Carl Vradenberg. This is the series that helps you to learn new habits to optimize your life in order to stay sane in this crazy world. This is episode number 101, and the topic for today is creating your own job. Now, a number of you have requested that I dedicate some episodes to various major life changes that you may be going through and and have as guests people who have gone through those changes telling their own story. I see these as ways of vicariously experiencing changes that you may be considering by having a Life Habits virtual coffee with someone who's experienced it. So today we get into the first of these, exploring the making of your own job, and that's with with Chewy Chewy Tan, who is in Bristol, the UK. Welcome, Chewy Chewy. Thank you. Um, it's been my pleasure to be here, and thanks for having me, Carl. Great. I'm delighted to have you here. So one of the things that I love to do to start our conversation is for you to tell us a little about you. You have interesting background, sort of where were you born? Where'd you grow up? What kind of school and college did you go to? Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. For the last 15 years, um, I have been living in the UK um, from Belfast to Brighton to Bristol. And that's where I live in the last 10 years. I'm originally from a city called Malacca in Malaysia. I'm Malaysian Chinese. Um, my grandparents were from China, uh, Kinmen and Xiamen from a Taiwan um, island. Um, therefore, I was brought up following Chinese culture and customs, although we have some mixture of uh, Malaysian elements to it. So I speak Mandarin and Taiwanese with my family and friends, and sometimes Cantonese as well. And even though our even though our official language is Bahasa Malaysia, um, which is the language that we all have to speak. I, after I studied mechanical engineering for my undergraduate in Johor Bahru in Malaysia, I have to say it was certainly not the, my, the, the things that I dreamed to do since I was young. Um, the opportunity came up because I got an offer from a local government um, university, and it feels like at the time it was the right thing to do and to take it. I then worked with Panasonic in Johor again um, as a mechanical designer for a year or two. I think I was really happy with my job then, but for some reason, I kept having something in me that I felt like I wanted more. I felt like I wanted to see the world. Um, no idea where the world is, but at the time, for some reason, UK, the UK seems to be the place that I want to explore and see more. Um, in that sense, I tried to convince my friends and to go backpacking with me, um, but that didn't get me far. I guess because backpacking in Asia wasn't really popular at the time, especially. And you kind of have to be following the flow, like finish school, uni, and then find a job, get a car, get a house, maybe get married or have kids. I wasn't ready for that. Um, although I was being brought out like a good girl, like you have to mm-hmm. follow everything you say, um, the, the parents say or um elderly tell you to do but I think somehow in me I have um, a wild side of me that um, I didn't know I have at that time um, so didn't manage to get anyone to travel with me so I decided to go for a study so I thought actually that is the easiest way to to get to the UK and it's most straightforward and to be honest at that time I probably don't have didn't know how to explore more options and to be fair, my world geography was quite bad at the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So I just got what I want to do. I said, okay, I'm going to study. And then, okay, what am I going to study? Um, since I'm going to go back to uni, so I thought I decided to do something completely different. I always like music and I play, play piano. And so I went for a master course in music technology um, in Queen's University of Belfast in Northern Ireland. And it was challenging um, to, when I got there for a few reasons. One is, although I was speaking English with my broken Malaysian English, um, the, pe the people, um, most of my course mates and lecturers were speaking with their own accents with Northern Irish accent or um, European accents. I kind of hardly understand what they said. Uh, <laughs> it took me a few a few months to realize, actually, uh, yeah, it takes me a few months to understand um, what the lecturers was talking about and what I do with my, with my course, um, my assignments and things like that. And the second thing was really hard for me was um, that I came in without having much of programming and computer um, knowledge. I know a bit of programming for my mechanical designer, um, a mechanical engineering course, but I didn't like it at all. Of course, like who would have thought master in music technology needs computer and technology? <laughs> <laughs> so I got into that um, because it's a master course, so they expect, er, expected everyone to have very good programming um, background already. Um, first class go into, you have to create assignments, creating music synthesizers with all these different programming languages. And anyway, I managed to pull it off with its distinction. So that was good. So because of my master dissertation on audio game, I got a PhD offer and, um, from a European project helping visually impaired people access graphics using multimodal interface. Um, the opportunity was presented to me, so I took it. But because of the way education works in Malaysia, um, doing a PhD was a challenge for me again, especially in the first year, you have to do a lot of literature review and um, ch challenge the, the findings or the arguments that you read from the papers and everything. But in but the way I was brought up was you just copied what the teacher said and then you just memorize it and that is it. There's no opinion needed or mm -hmm. encouraged. So for me, like, I remember my supervisors asking me, um, what do you think about this paper? I just looked, stared at him like for ages, like my brain was blank. I have nothing to think about. <laughs> um, but it was a good experience because I actually learned a lot from that. And then it was a stepping stone to who I am, like changed me in terms of who I am as well. Um, anyway, because of the nature of my research, I got into human computer interaction field which then evolved into another new industry um, called customer experience or user experience. Um, after my PhD, I wasn't ready to go home because I still feel like I haven't properly understand the real British culture, even though most of my friends in the last four years were British. Um, so I found a job with a UX agency in Bristol and that's how my career in customer experience begins. It's a long story, but I hope it was interesting one. <laughs> what a fascinating one. No, I've, I find that it's, uh, it's fascinating in several ways in terms of both the focus on you being driven really to go do things differently from what your you know upbringing was and each time you you had challenges that you then needed to overcome and it got you in a position really to 
want to make this other shift <laughs> that we're going to be talking about here. And it might also just be interesting to point out that you and I first met at a conference that I was speaking at in Nanjing, China, and you were fascinating to me at the time. And, and also your specialization, your insight, where I, and I now know where that came from, of really knowing sort of how to design for the world, this whole notion of really the kind of experience that you just described, doing rote learning versus needing to step back and, in, and have insightful perspectives as being a different way of, of studying, for example, which is probably a good instance of some of the differences in culture that people experience as well. So you then found yourself wanting to make another major change. You'd already made several, you know, huge ones and traveling around the world. What what inspired you to make the change in your work environment that we're we're talking about here? Yeah. I think that one of the things that back to your point earlier that we were talking about what I do with my business and now mm-hmm. um, you're right though, like when I was start thinking about what I'm doing and try, trying to trace back what I had done and actually it's quite inspiring uh, sometimes I think actually there's a lot of elements already embedded within my past journeys that I didn't Mm -hmm. even realize that -hmm. brings me to what I do now and who I am now as well Um, so back to your questions about um, what inspired me to make another big change in my life Um, so I work in the agency the UX agency in Bristol that I I mentioned earlier for nine years before I properly resigned Um, it was a great company I treat them like my family because like when we when I started we were I was their 15th employee um, and I think it's fair to say that we grew together like my personal uh, me as a person and the company so the company grew from 15 employees to, um, to 70 I think by the time I left and my career path personally as well was going so well um, like from a practitioners to um, the management level. I love what I was doing, like understanding businesses' challenges and then help them to improve that and find an approach to improve that by focusing on customers' um, needs and experience. Very interesting work. But it came to a point where I started to question about what's next for me and what I really wanted to do in the next 10 or 20 years. And most importantly is what is really, really important to me, what matters the most to me. Mm-hmm. And I realized at that time I, I'm, I'm at a crossroad again. Um, so actually that happened a year and a half before I even resigned. You know, that started like starting um, like in my mind for a long time. Um, it, it's niggling since, since then. So at that time, I have zero clue of what I should do. Um, I did. I haven't had my CD updated for seven and a half years. I was in the bubble of the industry I was in. I didn't know how much value I have for other companies. Um, I certainly didn't think of working for myself would be an option at the time because I always thought, oh, I'm not good in sales and I hated all the sales kind of approach that I was used to and things like that. I was just like, oh, it's definitely not me. So I feel stuck, like proper stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, which now think about it is actually when I start talking to a lot of people, a lot of people actually going through similar things or have been through. So it's really normal to have that feelings. So at the time I have a few friends that 
simultaneously talked to me and suggested to me that I should work for myself and focus on one of the aspects that um, my experience have, which is uh, in demand and is unique, the international bit that we, we you talk about earlier. And when when such as things happen, when co- coincidentally everyone was talking to you with the same message, it's kind of like plant something in your brain. So I thought, okay, maybe I could start doing that and I could start preparing for it. For example, think about what business I want to go into. Uh, maybe I have a business plan or maybe I sh- can even start preparing material or sign up one client to start with and things like that. But none of them happened for a year and a half. Because mm-hmm. I'm those kind of person that if I'm, if I'm in something, uh, at that time it was my job, I put my 100% into it. So that means I didn't have time to think about other things or I couldn't distract myself on, on preparing for my business. So that dragged on for a year and a half. And one day in end of May and June, beginning of June 2017, last year, I decided to just do it. Because I say I know, like if I don't do something about it, nothing will happen. If I keep mulling over it, what if if I do this, if I do that, again, I will just keep thinking for another three or four years, and nothing will happen. So I resigned. And I remember sending my family um, in a WhatsApp group, family group, saying, "I'm going to res- I think I'm going to resign tomorrow, but I don't have a plan. Um, but I have three months notice period." I will figure out something. And what's the worst case, I could find any jobs to keep me going, gardening work or mm-hmm. barista in the cafe or whatever, I will be fine. Um, I was super grateful to have such a supportive family because having their blessing was really important to me. And once I made that decision, it feels like a huge weight has been lifted. I was given two and a half months um, gardening leave, uh, which was great. Mm-hmm. So I took the first week off to go to Portugal to a surf, surfing holiday, which I was just there for a week to learn how to surf for the first time ever. It was just for me to, something I really always wanted to try, but I never know whether I would like it or I'll be good at it. So I thought, give it a try. At least I know if that I don't like it, then I can take it in the list and just scrub that. Mm-hmm. So I did that. Um Came, came back from the holiday and I started trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I listed all the things that which are important to me, big or small, and then I grouped them. Um, you can certainly see how I work my brain. It's so logical. <laughs> Get them out, group them, and then you can see a pattern. <laughs> mm-hmm. Researcher thinking. Um, so I did that and I remember came up with a triangle and there are three corners. So each corner represents something. So one corner is having a stable financial yeah, having the one of the corner is to have um, stable financial, which I have enough money and to live and to do the things I want. It doesn't have to be a lot, but enough for me to survive. And then another corner is to be able to help people in a more meaningful and personal level, whatever that means. And then the third one is to be able to work from anywhere in the world. The reason for that is um, twofold. One is I want to be able to work from Malaysia um, if possible, um, as much as I can so that I can spend more time with my family and parents because they are getting old. And the second reason is I want to be have enough opportunity to to be in the nature because I know that coming down, that um, 
grounded, that make me feel more grounded and peaceful. So I know I need that to recharge every now and then. So having these three, these three things in the triangle and take me a long time to trying to figure out what I can do to have all those three things, and I couldn't. And mm-hmm. by the end, coming to my um, garden leaf, I panicked slightly. I just, oh no, I, I need to come up with something. And throughout this period, I actually talked to a lot of people um, that I kind of immersed myself with different people that I actually never come across or never thought I would want to have a conversations. I go to network, uh, personal friends, I reach out that I haven't been reached out for, for a long time and everyone was doing interesting things and we started to talk about all these things. Um, and I learned a lot and that helped me with my thinking. And in one conversation particular, and then it actually struck me that, um, struck me that I shouldn't force myself to come up with something that meet all the requirements that I want. Because what I can do is actually to start with something I like enough, I like, I have passion um, in, and I can do very well. Mm-hmm. And then with that, things grow, um, start to roll, and I might eventually come across more ideas or come across more people. That all leads me to something else. So that's what I did. So I think I know I, I decided to come out with Bio Global, um, my company, um, to do what I'm good at and what I like doing. Um, so that's how I started my company um, a year ago. Well, congratulations on that. And it's been, been a year. Can you tell us a little bit more about what your company does and what kind of services you provide? And you had said uh, the acronym UX before. For those that mm. don't know what that is, that's user experience and user experience design. Maybe you can just tell us a little bit about what you now do. What is that new company that you started? Um, I should start saying that my company, Bayo Global, um, B-E-Y-O, is a short for beyond um, it's like indicates like we deliver um, work that goes above and beyond and we help our clients to rise above and beyond. And mm-hmm. the other thing I like about it is because um, in China, in, in Mandarin, Beiyo is, is means like be equipped or equipped with. Um, so I like, I like the name. <laughs> mm-hmm. So basically, Beiyo Global helps businesses to um, offer the best experience for their customers regardless of where they are in the world. So like you said earlier, customer experience, um, what does that mean? So it essentially is designing a service or products that matches to your customers' needs, um, their journey, their pain point, their expectations. So so that, because ultimately, they are the people who's going to use your products. They mm-hmm. need to have a good experience. So basically, um, create a service or products that give them exactly what they want and delight them as well. But for Bayer Global, we focus more on the global um, aspects. So we help our businesses to understand their global customers and the markets they are in or they're about to launch. So the way we do that is by enabling businesses to have a holistic view of um, their customers, of what they want and what they need within their ecosystem. So we combine market insights user behavioral insights and cultural insights. Um, so user behavioral insights, like we say, is about uh, attitude and motivations and needs and everything. Cultural insights, when we talk about cultural insights um, in, in Bayo Global, we don't just talk about um, traditions or beliefs. We actually go beyond that. We, talk, we look into the history of the country. We look into the 
um, economic and political situations, we also look into the infrastructure um, setup of that countries as well because ultimately these elements is going to influence how people behave and their attitudes and how um, they communicate and interaction with each other um, so for example like when it comes to booking holidays or hotels or when it comes to a pro using project management tool or uh, media consumptions yeah a good experience that British have or Canadians have or Americans have will be different um, with the great experience that Russians or South mm -hmm. Africans or Chinese um, want or have. So we work with companies such as Merit and Spotify um, with their new markets launch and to grow better in some of the markets they are in already. So we capture all these insights and then we work together with them to define their product strategies um, and roadmap and their marketing strategies or partnerships and, and business model in these markets. So for example, in the last year, the markets we help our clients work with, including Germany, Russia, Japan, China, Brazil, and the Middle East. So yeah, I think we have very unique very unique things about our business, and I really love what I'm doing because we are not a market research company, and we are not just capturing user behavioral because all these things are very related. You need to have a whole overview, and that is fascinating because mm -hmm. You constantly, I'm constantly learning new things about different culture and observing and questioning why. It's a fascinating world. Now, and the services that you provide are so important. I mean, uh, there are so many companies that don't take those issues into cons consideration at all. A lot of the companies in Silicon Valley is a perfect example. They're not only not diverse, the topic that we dealt with on this podcast series a couple of episodes ago, but they also are not very sensitive to cultural differences or differences for their products go worldwide. So I just want to congratulate you for putting together, I think, a, a service and a company that is serving a very, very important need. Now, in terms of the company you put together a year ago, you made this big dramatic change of quitting the company that you've been with all those years. What's the highest point and what's the lowest point that you went through? I know we communicated during that time. I know you, you had some worries, but you also had some real positives. So can you just share with the listeners your high points and low points? So high point. So it's one of the good things about working for yourself or for myself is that I can define the directions of the things I wanted to do. So in this case, it's the directions of our company um, and the types of work we want to do, the types of clients we want to work with and the approach we use as well. And in that terms as well is that I could, I do always have flexibility in the things that I want to do outside um, work as well. Mm -hmm. um, so it enabled me to connect with different people and the, the learning new things, especially that things I never um, will, will think of doing. And and to be able to do the things I love as well, that's important because while I'm helping my clients with their business, I'm constantly relearning about new things about different culture. Um, running the business, it actually made me discover the talents that I didn't know I have. Mm -hmm. um, and that I, to realize that I actually have experiences, my experience and skills um, is a lot more than I know I do have. Um, so the more I talk to people and share, pe share with people, and uh, the more I can see the unique value that I myself and the company could bring in. So that is good. And also, I love learning from um, different people in all aspects. So a half a year ago, I joined um, NatWest 
um, accelerator program in the UK here. And it was great because I, I was surrounded by people who is in a similar boat as me. And either the one just started their business or have run their business from one year to 25 years. And we know what it is like to run your business. And we support each other, not just in the business level, but also personal. Like when sometimes this person will like, oh, no, I'm having a crush. And, mm-hmm. and then the other people, you're fine, you'll be fine, you know, giving those kind of support. And um, so that was good. The low point, um, I'm not going to lie, at the beginning of running the business was hard because you have to get it started and keep it rolling. Um, but So I was trying to figure out what the business and proposition should be, um, how I sh- we should talk about the business and about our experiences and trying to get the brand and name out as well. Although in customer experience or UX industry, people know me, um, but because I was trying to not just focusing on just UX as such, um, because there are a lot of fixed um, perspective of what UX is or what customer experience means to a lot of different people means different things and on top of that I because I'm trying to focus on the international bit it's not just doing research in other countries but like I mentioned earlier we offer a lot more um, because we bring everything together so it's trying to get that message across to the network I already know as well as the network outside so that was that takes time all of this takes time and at the same time, trying to get some money coming into the account so that I can pay the mortgage and <laughs> tie up it and everything. So that was tough. It uh, was challenging. But then at the same time, when I was talking to people either just started as well or people who already run a business, this is normal. Mm-hmm. This is really normal. Like You will go through it, but just be persistent and, and continue and believe in it and keep going. And the other thing is the challenges is the ups and downs, the unknowns. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess that is part of the perks of working for yourself um, or running your own business, especially for a company like ours. It's like it's a service-based company. So sometimes and even each decision involves a lot of um, departments in the client side. So sometimes it will take a long time to get something um, signed off or agreed. Um, so yeah, to be able to have a consistent view and be patient and to tell yourself it's going to be fine and keep going, that could be challenging. But a friend and entrepreneur friends of mine told me that I will soon get used to it and the ups and downs. I guess I'm still getting trying to get used to that process. Um, but I think I learned how to not have it affect me as much anymore now. Hmm. Um, but it's fun. <laughs> so you also, I think, very intelligently sought out lots of advice before you made the, the change. And even, like you said, while you were actually getting the company launched, also even, you know, working with other people that were entrepreneurs and really getting their insights and getting their support uh, as you went through as well. I think that's great uh, advice for anybody else that's doing it. Now, when you look at it now, what advice, so you got lots of advice, but what, what advice do you, would you like to have had that you may not have, uh, even though you did actually seek out a lot of advice? Like, what did you learn during this period that advice didn't pr- provide you, mm. you know, preparation for? Any any insights on what kinds of things that might include for you? Yeah, lots of them. I think whether I realize or not, um, some advice is more useful than the others. I was trying to think about what advice wasn't helpful. It was hard for me to, to, to pinpoint one. It's because, you know, when you're trying to get advice, everyone will give you a different advice, some mm-hmm. advices, and some might contradict with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's kind of picking up what makes sense to you and what doesn't. 
mm-hmm. what you feel more comfortable and what you don't. But I want to say is that be open-minded because sometimes, mm-hmm. because for example, like the, the one I was thinking, I want a perfect business idea, but actually if I'm so, I'm so, um, put myself in that box and trying to find that I, I probably wouldn't be where I am now as well. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But it's just suddenly this something open up saying, actually think about it from different angle. That'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And the sales process that I talk about, like I'm not good in doing sales and um, everything. And I learned something is never limit yourself on what you can and you can't do. Because once you believe in that, that sets you who you are. If mm-hmm. I kept saying that I'm not good in sales, I will never be good in sales. But actually, I realized actually before I left my job, when I was in my previous agency, my last position in that company, I was literally running a mini business um, in that company. I have my own team, P&L and everything. So I was doing sales without me con- um, consciously aware of that. But the sales technique I was using was more consultative selling. So it's the one that I'm familiar with and comfortable with. So I think it's just don't expect, don't limit yourself what you can do. Just allow yourself to explore possibilities as well. The other thing is that surround yourself with the right people, whether it's in, for work, in work or business or personal life. Why, why is this important? Because of course, in work, it's network that everyone knows if they're in business. It's not what you know. What you know is who you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really important for me to just be open and talk to the right people, um, but also positive people that give you the right energy. Um, I think for my my life before that, I kind of keep allowing everyone to be in my group and then kind of not letting go and everything. And it's actually not good because it's kind of drained my energy. And so I started to learn that actually um, being the, with the right people, it will change not only your network, but also your mindset and your energy. So getting that is important to me um, in the last year. What else? So I think one thing that I really can get out from this experience as well so far is just to just do it. You know, it's sometimes you think like, I know it sounds cliche, but it's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because there's so many people that I met you know, after I resign and not knowing what I'm going to do, I start to talk to people and tell people this is what I have decided. I actually realized there are so many people who are in the same situation, but they just don't know what to do or they keep going on their life, um, but keep moaning and complaining about it, but not do anything about it. Um, it frustrates me because I'm more a, a problem solver person. So I always will convince them to do something um, something anything could be small but you take a small step every time rather than keep thinking about it but what i learned throughout the years is no one can help us unless we want to help ourselves so i can help people come up with a practical plan even but it has to be done to want to do it to take the step to take the initiative to do it so my friends could tell me how great my the business model could be for my business um this new business you should go for it but it has to be me who take the plunge to do it. So just do it because what is the worst thing could happen? I think that that is the one that I was push um give me the initiative to do it because give everything a try and a go. If it you never know if you don't try. Um and I certainly don't like living in a world that what ifs all the time. So, for example, I might end up don't like working for myself after two years, three years, or it's not what I would do and what I think. But at least I try it and I know it doesn't work for me and I can go and find another job, right? So, take a risk. Um, 
even if we I haven't moved to the UK, take the risk to come over here, leave my family. My parent, my dad used to say, go back, go and study for one year, come back after that. And then here I am 15 years. Um, <laughs> I have to leave my friends and family and everything, but never regret because it shifts me to who I am and I become a better person. So yeah, so do do that. And then the other things about that is don't expect everything to be perfect. I used to be a perfectionist, like honestly, like I only do the best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but throughout the years in the UK, I learned that it's not the, shouldn't be the case. And especially running a business, so you just start somewhere, and that might lead you to the right direction. In the I think in the third month of me start trading, I was talking to um, an entrepreneur, a successful entrepreneurs and investor in Bristol here, Mark Mason, and um, I remember. At the end of our conversation, after he asked me, what do you want the business to do and what is that? And understanding who I am as a character. And he looked at me in the eyes at the end of the conversation saying, I know it will work out. But remember this, um, the business might not end up what you think it will be when you start out. And he might not remember this, but it actually gave me a confidence to continue going. And he was absolutely right. Because even within a year, the services that we offer um, now has changed and evolved in a better shape. It's just through the work I, the, the things I start talking to people, to clients, understanding the business, what people need and find the niche. So don't wait until you have everything figured out. Just do it and learn it throughout the way. I'm still learning how to do recruitment, how to do sales development and a lot more. But it's a lot of fun to do that. I love your advice that I want to amplify a bit as well the the notion of take the risk you've done that many times through your life and have been very successful doing it and the other one is just do it the situation will never be perfect and you can say to people that listen to this podcast series i give a lot of advice and i also say don't just listen to the advice actually take action on it and uh, it doesn't have to be perfect but just get started right so you're certainly an example in my mind of somebody that takes action and takes the risks and learns from them as well so i wanted to ask you a little bit about sort of how's the business going and also what do you see in terms of the future what kinds of things do you imagine that uh, you'll be doing what kinds of challenges may still be ahead what's it like for you right now um business have been good i think things have been picking up even more in the last few months um, we do with big companies and like for example i mentioned about spotify like we start off i have to pitch for the work um but then I won one and I did very, we did very well and they came back saying very well, let's talk about next project. So we are moving to another country and a lot more people know about what we do and that's keep the ball rolling. So it's all good. But as I say, it's still, I'm not saying that I'm figuring all out and all good now. They're still up and down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's, I think it's, it's, it's moving to the, into the right directions. And in the five, four, five years. Um, so the vision is that I want to grow it in, in, a, in a successful business because I do believe the value that we're offering and it's something organizations and businesses really need and something unique as well. Um, and I want to, because it's quite a unique skills and experience, so I kind of want to pass that on to people as well. So that is not just me, one person or another person doing it, but actually there are more people who will be able to do this kind of work and help out. And as well, once it's as well like like the triangle that I talk about. So uh, having a, test, a a business that is growing, and as well that will enable me pos- possibly have a team that could work on that, and I could work from 
spend more time with my family in Malaysia and do more things that I want to do in nature and um and ideally in five years I hope I have the opportunity and the the capability as well to do a side project or something like that to help people for homeless or elderly people or children or whatever that is going to be or mental health and mm-hmm. uh, I want to be able to help to be part of that kind of um, ecosystem uh, mm-hmm. in some way I don't know how yet but again I don't have to know it how now right. <laughs> uh, I, that's what I learned <laughs> just do it and then something the universe or something will you'll put me into it I guess no I love it is there anything that I may not have asked you that mm. you still want to share with the listeners two quick things because I know we are over time a bit so one thing is that this is one on mantra that I use in my my throughout my time um, not just one last year but actually throughout my life in the UK so things always happen for a good reason always mm-hmm. whether mm-hmm. we see it or not there's a good reason behind it so don't get upset about it and then this is another thing is that if there's something you can do about it do it because there's no then there's no point worrying about it if you can't do anything about it then there's no point worry about it so try not to worry it's easy to say but i'm still practicing that myself because i worry constantly still so the other thing i want to emphasize as well carol is that i haven't figured out everything myself too so i don't want to be one of those people like who live just less than 40 years and come here to say yeah this is how you should live your life and this is what this is everyone should know and should live. I certainly not. I'm not close to even figuring out all out yet. But I guess it's like, why is the purpose of the podcast as well is to share and everyone have their own stories to tell mm-hmm. regardless who they are, where they are, how old they are. So yeah, so I'm just here to share my experience, but no, definitely not know it all. <laughs> No, that's a really good point. Often we have expertise and we give the impression that we know everything. I've said that Mm. to listeners here too. Even the advice that I give, I'm still working on a lot of those things myself as well. So really, really good advice at the end of this session as well. Now, before we finish up, if somebody is interested in following up, with you, either seeing mm-hmm. any work that you've done, as well as even maybe having you do work for them in, in the area that you're now working in. How can they get hold of you? Our website is Bayo, B-E-Y-O dot global. Or, so you can find find our email address there, or you can write to Tree Tree, um, C-H-U-I-C-H-U-I at Bayo dot global. Um, I'm on Twitter as well, um, which is Tree Squared, because Tree Tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so C-H-U-I-C-H-U-I-C-H-U-I-C-H-U-I-C-H-U-I-C-H-U-I-C-H-U-I-C-H-U-I-C-H-U-I-C-H-U-I-C-H-U-I-C-H-U-I-C-H-
and bye for now.